Amazing. So these two words, they sum up Easter, death and saved. I want you to turn with me to a book of the Bible called 2 Timothy. I want you to turn in these Bibles to page 1,195. 1,195. Families, if you're together, kind of all get around one of the Bibles so everybody can see it. It's going to be on the screen as well, but 1,195. 2 Timothy, chapter 1. And Paul, who's writing, is explaining the good news. The good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're just going to read two verses, and they're going to help us today to understand what was going on that first Easter day. And see if you can spot those two words that we got from the Wordle. So just these two verses, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9. And when it talks about he, it means Jesus. He has saved us and called us to a holy life. Not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. But it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Some easy words there, some difficult words there. But this is what Jesus has done for us in the gospel. Now, we're going to take some time to pray. So we're going to keep the Bibles open there, but we're going to pray and we're going to remind ourselves of who it is that we're coming to as we pray for these things. So let's pray together. And remember that even though I'll be the only one talking, all of us can pray in our heads and can talk to God. So let's pray. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Father God, we thank you that you raised the Lord Jesus from the dead. Thank you that death couldn't hold him, that because of his holiness, his purity, his righteousness, thank you that he was just too good to stay dead and he came back to life. Thank you for all that means. Thank you that we can know freedom, that we can know sins forgiven, we can know our shame covered, we can know freedom from fear. And Father, I pray that each of us would know that resurrection power. I pray for our friends, for our families, for those around the world. I pray that everybody would know the power of Jesus. I pray for those who are really suffering in Ukraine at the moment. I pray that on this Easter day, they would know the power of Christ in their lives. For those in our church family who are ill, who are not able to be here this morning, Father, we lift them before you in our minds and in our hearts. We pray that their eyes would be open to see the Lord Jesus. That they would join us in declaring he is risen. Hallelujah. And Father, thank you that you have spoken to us. Thank you that you've not left us in the dark, but that you've shone the light of the Lord Jesus into our lives. And I pray that as we think through what it means that he rose from the dead, I pray that you would speak to each of us. Oh Lord, may we see you as the risen Savior, as the glorious King. 
the one who one day will return and make all things new. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your great gospel plan. And thank you that you loved us so much that you included us in it. Praise you, Heavenly Father. Amen. Now, we're going to sing again, and we're going to sing a song that's got some actions. Now, I often get actions wrong, but apparently, with this one, they were fundamentally wrong. And I want to thank Laura, our resident British Sign Language expert, for telling me that when I thought we were singing Jesus is the King, because it's a crown, obviously, we were actually singing Jesus is the Chef, (laughs) which is not quite the message that we're trying to put out there. So, thank you, Laura. And apparently, it's Jesus is the king. Instead, goes Jesus, yeah, the king. Okay, so not the bid. I'm getting about 17 different messages here. Anyway, we're going to sing the song. Emily's going to come and help me. If I get it wrong, or if we disagree, Emily's right and I'm wrong. But we still have a good time anyway. If anyone... um, under the height of Emily wants to come and join us as well. You're very welcome to. But we're going to stand up and we're going to sing a song that talks all about Jesus throughout the last three years of his life, finishing with the fact that he promised that he would rise again, and he did. So we're going to sing this great song together, and it's not the chef, it's the, the king. Great. <laughs> Wonderful. Emily's beckoning someone. Florence is going to come and help us. Okay, great. In your own time. Here we go. Let's stand and sing Jesus is the king.
That was good. There were a lot of people watching Emily and nobody watching me, so that worked out well. Excellent, excellent. Great. Um, turn back with me to, to Timothy. That's a very important thing when you are speaking in front of a church, or speaking to anybody really, that you don't do anything that might cause unnecessary offense, okay? But I'm going to throw that out the window this morning, okay? Because things are not going very well at the moment for my... Oh, the, uh, the, the room's turned sour. Things are not going overly well for my chosen football team at the moment. So... What I'm going to do is I'm going to take you back to a date, I don't need to Google, a date that is imprinted upon my mind. I want to take you back to the Chester University Student Bar on the 26th of May, 1999. Got all set up in the bar. Some Liverpool fans had turned up wearing Bayern Munich t-shirts, which tells you all you need to know about by Munich fans. This was the day of the European Cup, the Champions League final. Manchester United versus Bayern Munich. Everybody was excited. It was a sunny day. It was, it was going to be the best day of... Of all the unimportant days in my life, this was going to be the most important. Just thought I'd get it in there straight away. I was 19, university. It was, it was great. Except... Very quickly after the game started, Bayern Munich scored. And you know when you've got a balloon and suddenly all the air gets let out and you just kind of crumple? I was like, oh, this is rubbish. I don't know why I bother with football. It's, it's, it's awful. And the game carried on and it got to half time and it's still 1-0 to Bayern Munich. And it goes into the second half and it's still 1-0 and Bayern Munich hit the bar and they hit the post. And it's not going well at all. And the fact that United's best players are suspended and it's all terrible and the Liverpool fans are already happy because that's what Liverpool fans do. And it's awful. And everybody knows how long a football match is. A football match is 90 minutes. And as the clock went, 89-57, 89-58, 89-59, 90, what was the score? It was Bayern Munich 1, Manchester United 0. Who's going to win this game? Bayern Munich are going to win. That's what happens when you've scored more goals, when it clicks over to 90 minutes. But. I need to make sure I'm not more excited about this than I am about what's to come, don't I? But. United scored twice in injury time and it was great. In fact, I missed the second goal because I was still celebrating the first. But right at the end, what came back was this incredible victory out of the jaws of defeat. And just because I want my brother Joel to listen to what I'm going to say, I'm going to put this back on so he doesn't feel that he has to have that in mind. You see, on the start of Easter Day, there is a very easy answer to the question, who's won? The answer to the question, who has won, on Easter morning is death. The answer to the question, who has won, is death because the tomb is full. We'd seen Jesus being taken down from the cross on Good Friday. He'd been placed in this tomb. They'd put the stone in front of it. Everybody knew that if you said, where is Jesus of Nazareth? The answer would be clear. He is in the tomb. Which was devastating. 
And it's devastating because of all the things that Jesus said. See, one of Jesus' friends called John, he wrote about Jesus' life and he started with these words, talking about Jesus. In him was life and that life was the light of all mankind. On Easter morning, where is that life? It's in the tomb. It's gone. Jesus said, for as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. Jesus makes this massive claim that in the same way that God is alive, so he is alive. But where does that go? Easter morning. It's in the tomb. Jesus himself said these incredibly famous words. Jesus answered, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. He doesn't just say, I have life, or I know life. He says, I am life. And yet on Easter morning, where's that? It's in the tomb. Life is in the tomb. Death has won. Jesus has come, and he's told some amazing stories, and he's said some amazing things, and he's even done some miracles. But where is he? He's in the tomb. And so he's just like everybody else. He's like everybody else who's come and said, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to save you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to bring you out of this life that you don't like, and I'm going to make life better for you. All of those hopes, all of those dreams, all of those futures, all of those desires, where are they? They're in the tomb. They're in the tomb. Death has won. It's not just that the time has clicked over to 90 minutes. It's that we've had injury time and that's finished. We've had extra time and it's finished. Death has won on penalties. Jesus is dead. That's what Good Friday is all about. Life is gone. Hope is gone. Who wins? Death. But that's not the end of the story. It's not the end of the story. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. What did Jesus do to death? He destroyed it. Did you see that word? Destroyed. The original word, it means to kind of make it ineffective. It can't do anything anymore. All the power that it used to have has gone. You see, that Easter morning when Jesus came out of the grave, he didn't just prove that all of these things that were in the grave were right. He took hold of death and he absolutely destroyed it. He said to the tomb, you've got no hold on me. He said to the tomb in those words from 2 Timothy, Christ Jesus who has destroyed death. It's like he went to the tomb and he said, there's nothing that you can do to hold me down. I have destroyed that which keeps me there. The Bible also says, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? It's almost like Jesus is taking death and he's laughing at it. He's mocking it. He's saying there's nothing you can do. It's like Simon trying to staple something together. There we go. Completely ineffective. And then as we read first thing this morning, I hold the keys of death and Hades. Who is in charge? Who overrules? Who is the boss? Who is the king? 
It's Jesus. And so this place of death, this tomb, this place of death, this place of mourning, this place of no hope and no joy, this place of defeat becomes a place of victory. It becomes a place of triumph because Jesus says, I've destroyed death. You know, every single one of us, we are in the tomb. Every single one of us begins in the tomb. We're under a shadow of death. All of us have that distant shadow that comes closer and closer as we go through life. And either we can block it out and just pretend that it's not going to happen, basically, being silly, because obviously it is, or we can just live in fear. Because one day it's going to happen. And all of those horrible things that come with death, separation, uh, and pain, and all of those things are going to happen. But what does Jesus say? What does Paul say in Timothy? Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Do you see what's happening? There is this incredible swap that death, this great thing to be feared, this great shadow that comes over all of our lives, Jesus has swapped it and has given the most glorious light. Many of you here have experienced, are experiencing grief. You know how hard it is to lose somebody precious, for somebody to go into the tomb. Let me tell you, for those in the Lord Jesus Christ, Death has been destroyed. There is light and immortality and life ahead. Death has been destroyed. And he has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. You see, Jesus comes to each one of us and he says this. He says, if you follow me to the cross, then you will follow me out of the tomb. We need each and every day to come to the cross of Jesus. It's not that we only think about the cross on Good Friday and we only think about the tomb, the empty tomb on Easter Day. They're so tightly linked. We follow Jesus to the cross and we say everything that causes death just goes onto you and you die in our place. And then as you walk out of the tomb, we walk out with you. Let me tell you, death has been destroyed that doesn't mean that you won't die. Everybody here, unless Jesus comes again, all of us will die. But if you die in Jesus, you will walk out of the tomb into that new life that Neil was talking about on Friday. In that resurrection body that just as Jesus was raised, so you will be raised. Brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, through the fact that we have been saved. See, this Easter weekend shows us what God wants for us all. He wants us to live forever. He wants us to live forever with him in a perfect world. A resurrected world. A world that finds its power from the Lord Jesus coming out of the tomb. A life where the tomb doesn't reign like it does now. A life where everybody's goal isn't death, but is to be more like the Jesus who saved them. See, the tomb 
is a place of eternal defeat unless you know Jesus. Unless you know Jesus. And then it is the heart of our victory. Jesus died. Jesus was placed in the tomb. He was buried. But hallelujah, praise the Lord. He is risen. He strode out of the grave. And he brings with him everybody who will trust in him. Are you trusting Jesus this morning? Have you allowed him to take your place on the cross? To die the death that you deserve? So that as he strides out of the grave, you can follow him. Knowing that life eternal is assured. Life in the light of Jesus. Life forever in the glorious new creation. The resurrection land. Won for us by Jesus. Follow Jesus to the cross. And follow him out of the tomb. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for all that you went through for us. Thank you that you went through the separation from your father that we deserve. That you allowed yourself to die. You gave yourself up to death. But thank you that on that third day you rose again. Thank you that you offer us now life and life eternal. Thank you that death has been destroyed. And that life and light and immortality is open to all who will trust in you. Father, I pray for each of us here. That we would see Jesus for who he is. And that we would long to join that chorus of praise around the great throne. Saying, worthy is the lamb who was slain. Glory to him. The one who died and is now alive. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for taking our place. And thank you for leading us to victory. Thank you that you have destroyed death. And it holds no fear for those who are in you. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Amen.